go and prepare the room that we can share in the Passover meal together. And that would be Thursday evening. And as they went, probably more than likely, to a young man named Mark, his home. And they had an upper room there, which he and the disciples had been in several times together in the past. And Mark and his family would have prepared that meal and served the Lord. And they had that Passover meal together. And then the Lord changed things forever in that we would never look at the bread and the cup in the same way again. He later, through the Spirit of God, instructs the Apostle Paul. And he tells him, this is the way you should be taking of this bread and of this cup. You see, the early church had continued that institution of what the Lord made happen that night. But they were doing it almost as a party. They had made it as a big meal and celebration. And that's not what the Lord had intended. He had said, you do this to remember what I am doing for you. And so Paul then tells the church, these are not my own words, he says. I have received from the Lord. And now I pass that on to you. That the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I would ask, would you open and take the bread? And this evening, I would ask you to pray a specific prayer with me as you hold that bread. Will you break it in your hand? Lord Jesus, tonight we come thanking you for the body that was broken. The body that in the next few hours after you installed this with your disciples would be beaten and bruised and within an inch of your life and then carried a cross, was nailed to it and died on that cross. And as that body was broken, just as you broke the bread that night, it symbolizes this evening, the body that was broken and we come tonight thanking you, Jesus, for the brokenness that you gave, and we take this bread remembering what you did for us. Amen. Let's take the bread. Paul continued to instruct the church by saying, in the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. They knew the covenant of blood. They knew the Passover story. But Jesus says this is a new covenant. Now, once and for all, the spotless lamb will shed his blood for the sins of all mankind. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. We take a moment to examine ourselves before the Lord. Would you silently examine yourself before Jesus?
Our Lord, we thank you for the blood, that spotless Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, who gave of his blood that we might all be redeemed, that we might all be saved from our sin. It is that blood that covers us. And as we take this cup this evening, just like your disciples did that night with you, we are reminded that it is a symbol of the blood that you shed for us. And we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. After that first occasion of the Lord's instituting the communion time, the Lord's Supper, the early church began to, to celebrate that night. They began to do exactly what the Lord had told them, to gather together and to remember what the Lord had done. Well, the early Jews, and, and I appreciate so many things about how the Jews teach their children especially, and they would do a service that was called a tenebrae. Tenebrae is just a Latin word for shadows. There are seven events that took place on that Good Friday. And so they had seven shadows. And on Good Friday, those early weren't yet called Christians. They were just Jewish believers. Would cover every window and every source of light in their home. Then that evening, they would gather and they would read the prophecy and then the fulfillment in story form, because it hadn't been written yet, of that prophecy of the Lord. And there would be candles lit, and each time one of those seven shadows was proclaimed, they'd blow out a candle. And so their home would become darker and darker and darker through the evening. When it came to the very last candle, the father would read and then blow that last candle out. And it would be silent in the darkness. Kids wouldn't talk. Families wouldn't talk. Parents wouldn't talk. Until Sunday morning. And on Sunday morning, it was the children's responsibility to wake up at sunrise and tear all of the blinds off the windows and let the light of the sun shine into the home. And then they would sing praises and shout Praises to the Lord. He is risen. Tonight, we celebrate the Lord's death. And we do so in a somber way. We do so in these shadows of darkness. And later, when we leave, I'm going to ask you to do somewhat what those early believers did and ask you not to speak leaving this building. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask you not to speak all the way home. Just remain in the silence of the darkness until you get home. Let this sink in. Let us be reminded. This is not a happy occasion. On that night, no one knew what was coming Sunday. Even though the Lord had told them, they didn't know. So we need to be in that same focus, that same 
frame of what happened that evening. And so I'm going to ask you to just remain quiet. When you read this story from the Gospel of John, uh, the last time the Lord is with the disciples, he actually has a prayer. He prays for his disciples, and he prays that they might be one. Jesus even told his disciples, the world will know you are my believers because you are one, because the love you have for each other. And he prayed that they would be one. Tonight, we have joined in unity as well as the Lexington Church. But there are other churches that have come just to be a participant in this night. And I am honored that we have another church who their pastor invited his entire congregation, and he is here. And I've asked him to share as well. And so in just a moment, my friend, co-pastor in this area, Ray Selden from the Ontario Wesleyan Church, will be coming to share about one of those shadow ministries. We want to be unified. We want to be together just as the Lord prayed that night for his disciples. So I thank him for coming and being a part of this night. First, just like that night, they sang songs. Would you come and sing for us? We will remember 
When the darkness falls on us, we will not fear, we will remember. When it all seems lost and we're thrown and we're tossed, we'll remember the cost. We're resting in the shadow of the Psalm 41, 9. Even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. Matthew 26, 14 through 16, and 20 through 25. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, what are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him 30 pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to him, one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. Zechariah 13.7 Awake, sword, against my shepherd, against the man who is close to me, declares the Lord Almighty. Strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered, and I will turn my hand against the little ones. Luke 22 54 through 62. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him into the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. A servant girl looked at him and closely and said, This man was with him. But he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. A little later, someone else saw him and said, You also are one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this fellow was with him, for he is a Galilean. Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the words the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Psalm 31, 9-13 Be merciful to me, Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. My life is consumed by anguish and my years by groaning. 
My strength fails because of my affliction, and my bones grow weak. Because of all my enemies, I am the utter contempt of my neighbors and an object of dread to my closest friends. Those who see me on the street flee from me. I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. For I hear many whispering, terror on every side. They conspire against me and plot to take my life. Mark fourteen thirty two through 41. They went to a place called Gethsemane. And Jesus said to his disciples, sit here while I pray. He took Peter, James, and John along with him, and he began to be deeply distressed and troubled. My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He said to them, Stay here and keep watch. Going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Simon, he said to Peter, are you asleep? Couldn't you keep watch for one hour? Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Once more, he went away and prayed the same thing. When he came back, he again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. They did not know what to say to him. Returning the third time, he said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Enough! The hour has come. Look, the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Isaiah 53, 7. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as sheep before his, its shears is silent, so he did not open his mouth. Mark 15, 1 through 15. Very early in the morning, the chief priests, with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you the king of the Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priests accused him of many things. So again Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they are accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man named Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionists who had committed murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews, asked Pilate knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priests had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call the king of the Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted at all the louder. Crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over 
to be crucified. Isaiah 53, 3 through 6. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain, like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took upon our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our, our iniquities and punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his words, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. Mark 15, 16 through 20. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him, then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again, they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him.
Psalms 22, 1 and 2. My God, my God, <clears throat> why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Matthew 27, 32 through 43. As they were going out, they met a man from Cyrene named Simon. They forced him to carry the cross. They came to a place called Golgotha. There they offered Jesus wine to drink, mixed with gall. But after he tasted it, he refused to drink it. When they had crucified him, they divided up his clothes by casting lots. And sitting down, they kept watch over him there. Above his head, they placed the written charge against him. This is Jesus, King of the Jews. Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they crucified?
Exodus chapter 12. Then Moses summoned all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go at once and select the animals for your families and slaughter the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop, dip it into the blood in the basin, and put some of the blood on the top and on the both sides of the doorframe. None of you shall go out of the door of your house until morning. When the Lord goes through the land to strike down the Egyptians, he will see the blood on the top and sides of the doorframe, and he will pass over the doorway. And he will not permit the destroyer to enter your house and strike you down. From Luke chapter 23. It was now about noon, and darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon, for the sun stopped shining, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two. Jesus called out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. When he had said this, he breathed his last. Matthew 27, 57 through 60. As evening approached, there came a rich man from Arimathea named Joseph, who had himself become a disciple of Jesus. Going to Pilate, he asked for Jesus' body, and Pilate ordered that it be given to him. Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen cloth and placed it in his own new tomb, that he had cut out of the rock. He rolled a big stone in front of the entrance and the tomb of the tomb and went away. We too shall leave the tomb quietly, respecting the tradition of the service, not speaking or causing distractions until we reach home. 